A man is not a piece of fruit, but I can see how he might feel like one after watching the documentary Salesman. We'll be talking with actress Olivia Cridle today, a very special treat, but before we get into it, I want to thank you for checking out the podcast. I hope you can join us for our movie due April 4th, Johnny Toe's Drug War. The movie is free to watch on YouTube and Tubi, and is only $2 to rent off of Amazon Prime. Please send any comments and thoughts you have on the movie to projectorfuel at gmail.com, and uh... In the meantime, send me your favorite Chinese action flick. There are a lot of good ones out there, and I'm curious to explore. All right, let's get started. Adam, ask Olivia how she's doing. Hey, Olivia, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Adam. How are you? I'm doing okay, thank you. I I realized that I made a mistake here. This is the first time I'm having an actress on the show. Oh, my God. And we watched a documentary. Maybe I'll just come on again. We'll... Okay, I'm down for that. Dude, I'm watching In the Mood for Love, so if you want to cover that one. Oh, that is an excellent movie. It is an excellent movie. What do you mean by you're watching? Uh, Not right now, but before I got on here to talk to you, I started watching it. And then I realized, oh, wait, I'm supposed to get on this call. So I'm going to restart it and then I'm going to watch it all the way through, okay, like sit good. down in the dark. And That's what the viewers want to hear. Thank you. <laughs> so this was a movie that uh, a long time ago you came over and I know that you had your eye on, you wanted to watch. Yeah. Um, so I brought it up again when I knew I wanted to have you on the show. What did you think overall? Did it live up to any expectations you had? I'm going to start off by like with a really stupid anecdote on they do like the spoof of it on documentary now but i don't know something about like when i when i watched that spoof i was like oh if this is anything close to like what happens in the actual like documentary i'm gonna love it i've always been like really fascinated with like the the like door-to-door salesman like bygone era like you like allow strangers into your home to try to like sell things to you i've always thought that was really interesting and and i think also because of the and the way they marketed it on criterion is like a real life willie loman like from death of a salesman and and so when i was watching it especially because like i love death of a salesman and like arthur miller and all that stuff like it felt so like vivid to me and i it felt like very melancholy like when i was watching it i was like this is so sad all he wants to do is sell his wares and like be successful and he can't do that renan is struggling so hard to do it and it gets him down so much and i think that's such like an astute observation of like life in general all you want to do is you want to do this one thing and be successful but like things that are out of your control get in the way i'm assuming this isn't your first time watching it oh yeah this was uh, my first time wait really yeah oh my god yeah i agree with you completely it was pretty depressing just because you could (laughs) tell he was uh he was forced into this situation and there's a specific scene in there where uh he's riding on the train and he's looking out the window intercut with all these things of like you have to sell that if you're not selling it's your fault Mm -hmm. and all these other people saying like i'm gonna sell this much this year and this is a real dude that was really happening to this guy there was a strange take that he decided to constantly bring up his irish heritage as a catholic myself i think uh 
I think it's really interesting that he's like trying to use his like heritage and like the fact that he's Irish so that means he's Catholic as like a way of getting into like basically like weaseling, weaseling his way into like the hearts of people like making him more sympathetic and I thought it was like a really interesting it's like interesting from the perspective that like as an actor like those are all viable tactics that you use like in your acting and then he was just like using all of them they all were like using different tactics and their names I feel like really reflected the tactics that they chose like rabbit and bull and like I feel like it was his way to like garner sympathy in that way he was able to like find his way in in order to sell his product I I just think it's kind of funny and like ironic and sort of blasphemous that it's like you're selling bibles door to door like I just feel like that's really bizarre to me yeah especially gaudy bibles like really done up like leather bound gold inscribed bibles with like beautiful paintings on every page like i just thought it was very odd you touched on it just for a second um what did you think of their sort of methods and the way they were pressuring the other people what did you think of their attitude it's hard to like watch it happen like i felt really uncomfortable half the time because i was like don't pressure people into buying things especially when they can't afford them and in my mind like at the beginning i was like okay 50 dollars like isn't like that much money but at that time that's a lot of money and they were like he was like you can't do one dollar a week that's ridiculous and i'm like and i think maybe now because i'm thinking about it in terms of like the fact that like a ton of us are like not employed right now because of this whole situation like i was like one dollar would make a difference to me like one dollar probably made a huge difference when you have like kids and and like a family to worry about and like bills to pay and mortgages and all of that stuff and i also thought it was really interesting how like they would try to like get it from the wives like they wouldn't try to approach the husbands about it it was like the wives and i thought it was really interesting like in some of them like the wife would like ask the husband his opinion he'd be like whatever you want i mean feminism i guess like whatever you want but right. i was like this should be like a joint decision if you're worried about money and i think we we really start to feel uh the desperate throws that some of these people feel when um there's that one woman near the end where they sign her up and she says okay i'll have the money for tomorrow yeah and the guy comes Friday, back yeah. yeah and there's that whole like exchange and he really has to lay it on like i gotta charge the other guy yeah he's like i gotta penalize him and i was like why can't we just let it go <laughs> right but you can't you can't fault these guys too much for it because this is how they live, you know, this is their yeah. struggle to survive. Yeah, it's so hard because they're not necessarily like protagonists in like the conventional sense of like, oh, I want to root for them. But at the same time, you're like, if they don't make their income, they all have families at home too. I feel bad for them. Um, but okay. also I'm like, ugh. Yeah, who's your favorite salesman? I feel like Rabbit, <laughs> maybe. Okay. I just liked that when he was like explaining him, he was like, he's the youngest one. He has like the most energy and he's impulsive. And like, I feel like that really showed in his, like when they cut to him, like it was really consistent, like his tactics that he used. And I just liked that he was a little annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was like enjoyable to me to like watch him try to sell his wares. And then like when it didn't go his way, I would just see him like dart his eyes off to the side, like really annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Who was your favorite? Uh, I think I liked the bull because he was tough but he was also a nice guy you know he was a nice guy he totally was i didn't like um the manager the scene or like i i don't know if i should call it a scene because it's a documentary but um 
where he's like teaching he like sits down with them in the room and he's like teaching them how to sell and he's like who are you and he, i think it's the bull is like oh i'm his brother-in-law and then he's like and, and you live in this house like you're letting him i was like ew stop being so macho like yeah it was gross yeah i was like okay that's not the i would be turned off like if you were trying to sell to me because i was thinking like wouldn't you want to appeal from like a very uh nice and kind and understanding perspective especially the bible (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and he's like really forcing him like all right does it make you happy all right sign it i didn't like that at all i wouldn't have bought from him at all no i would not have i think i would have bought from the bull probably yeah i think i would have gotten a laugh out of the rabbit but i would have bought from the bull And we're, we're, none of us are saying uh, that we liked or would buy from Brennan. So that's uh, no. something. I feel bad for him because he was like just trying to sell his wares. But he what they called him out correctly. He was too negative. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, every time he yeah. would go home at the end of the day, it was nice to see him. He was succeeding like one of those days. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, he was pulling it in. And I think he, he seemed like a nice guy. And then there's that nice shot that these filmmakers used. He's playing with the kid at the end there. It was so good. It was perfect. With the car. Yeah. so cute and he like pokes the little boy's belly i was like oh finally because i was really starting to get angry with you (laughs) and then they (laughs) redeemed him for a second yeah and i like that his wife calls him and is upset that uh, he might be driving too fast (laughs) (laughs) i'm going 45 or 50 (laughs) um pretty impressive this was done with a fairly small crew it looked like based on the credits less than 10 people it looked like at least. It's pretty, yeah, that's pretty tight. There's that story about Stanley Kubrick, how he like works with like a tiny crew on like a lot of his movies because he was like, I know who I want to work with and they know what I want. And so I think it's really like interesting to see films that have really, really small crews on them because I've I've only worked a couple times like behind the scenes, but it's a lot of work. Uh, whenever I, I make a film, I like to have a smaller crew just because I like it to be one, a little bit more intimate, but then yeah. also it's so stressful to have all those people around you you know, working kind of for you. So the, yeah. the fewer, the better. But uh, it's always impressed because, I mean, this this is a big deal, this documentary. Yeah. And it was just a few guys who came up with the idea, who found these people, and they didn't, they just had to shoot. Yeah, I appreciated, like, at the end, the little, like, blurb that, like, explained, like, how they came up with the concept. Yeah. And, like, why they decided to do it. I was like, that's really nice. Maisel, Maisel's, Yeah. I think. Yeah. The Maisel brothers, three I directors. Feel so stupid. <laughs> Including uh, and uh, Charlotte Zwerin is credited Zwerin. as a director and editor. Yeah, I did see that there was a female editor on this. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Back in uh, 68, 69. It's also funny because this movie felt like older than the 60s to me. Yeah, because it was such a different time. Yeah. Like that's what America looks like in the idea of uh, people across the world. You know, that that was old America. Yeah. I mean, not like colonial America, but that was like... American dream. Yeah, Americana. It's cool that it captured that because it's just not like that anymore, anywhere. And it makes you think about right now, how's it going to change in another 50 years? I mean, this is when our parents were alive during this time. Yeah, my dad was born in 69. So that's why I was like, in my brain, I imagined, maybe I imagined like, Quentin Tarantino, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like, but that's not how most of the United States was. Right, exactly. 
Yeah. I was just uh, the sinners here in Hollywood. Also, you know, conveniently, I think, how was you? How was the quality of your, uh, what you watched? Oh, it was really good. Uh, unless I'm mistaken, I think yesterday Criterion released uh, a 4K restoration. Oh, so maybe I just unknowingly watched the 4K restoration. Right, which is pretty cool. I, I did have a little trouble listening to them and I wanted to put on uh, subtitles, but my copy is pretty old. Yeah, I put subtitles on for like most things because my hearing's like not awesome and also it's it's interesting like because the way that they speak and like the terms that they use a lot of them were like very like unnatural or foreign to me even though it's like american english so i was like oh i'm glad i have these subtitles on because i was like i don't know what that term is at all So any any final thoughts? I think uh, if I had to pick like a, a moment that really stuck out to me was when he when uh, Brennan is trying to sell to that couple and it's not working out and then he finds out that the man is a salesman himself. He's a vacuum salesman. The vacuum salesman, yeah. There he Brennan specifically says like, "Oh, you leave the dirt on the floor." Mm-hmm. Well, I like that idea just because one, he's getting inside this guy's mind. There's yeah. the tricks to the trade, you know. It's all part mm-hmm. of the plan. But at the same time, he use, he's using such a great analogy to describe what's going on with him. This was almost like, uh, I mean, documentaries so often capture magic, but this often yeah. feels like it was a novel beforehand, you know? Definitely. I feel like it was a really well curated documentary, like in terms of narrative. And yeah, it was really interesting to watch because like you didn't really know a lot about them other than the fact that they were salesmen. Obviously, it didn't matter very much because that's ultimately what they were trying to demonstrate and we still fell in love with them exactly because i liked that moment i love the moment with the little kid because i'm a sucker i like the moment when they're at the poker table and they're all playing and he's like oh like you're not gonna you're not gonna bet you're not gonna bet anything and then he's like well he saw the ace in my hand and then they're talking about going to florida like i felt like that was one of the like least stressful moments Mm -hmm. and you got to see like them interacting with their manager in a way that wasn't just like because later we see him act in such like a brutish way that i was like oh thank god like he had a redeeming moment yeah beforehand with his wife He's yeah, like a human and being. she's like sitting on the seat. <laughs> uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. I think just because of how not timeless it is, because of how yeah. specific it is to that time. And there's no salesman like that anymore. The time period and the specific like nature of the trade and i think it would have been a different movie or a different documentary if they had been selling something else like something more practical like vacuum cleaners or something but bibles like adds a different element to it i think that also dates it yeah it dates it it adds that element of uh like you said there may be a little bit of blasphemy going on they're constantly (laughs) using uh jesus christ or they're gambling things like that they don't seem like they practice anything that's in the bible no i don't think (laughs) it didn't feel like like it to me <laughs> overall you'd recommend this documentary yeah i would recommend it i yeah it's a classic i think okay. i think it's hard to not recommend like you have to see where film develops over time and i feel like that's such a good indication all right olivia before i let you go how has the quarantine yeah. been treating you it honestly it could be worse and um i'm just trying to like keep myself busy and I still am in school, so, but it's like a little odd to be doing like my acting classes and, um, and like directing and stuff online and like only through written work that like doesn't feel like it's being done properly or like given justice to it. And it's my last year, my last semester. So what a way to go out online. (laughs) Right. 
But other than that, I'm just trying to keep busy. I've been like reading more for leisure, which is nice, and trying to like play piano and sing a little bit, walk my dog, um, okay. do a little writing and stuff here and there. So yeah. Excellent. Yeah. You you were in the middle of play season, which must have been a big bummer. I yeah. We were two weeks away from opening, which was a huge bummer. We would have opened on Friday, this past Friday. So what was the play that you guys were doing? Uh, we were doing Vinegar Tom by Carol Churchill. It's like it was written in the 70s and it was supposed to be, or it is like this like feminist play about like trusting women and witchcraft but it was like basically about like witchcraft in the 1600s in England and like how like these men like didn't trust women and so because they thought that they weren't trustworthy or what they thought a woman should be they were like let's hang them (laughs) so uh yeah I played a witch and then at the end of the play there's this really cool scene it's my favorite scene in the whole play where I happen to have had the privilege of being in but um it's like me and another girl and we dress up as men and then we basically in sort of like dandy style like present our we're like theology professors and present like our findings about how women are more susceptible to being witches because they have all of these like bad qualities about them but we're dressed up as men but we're women doing it so interesting yeah it was gonna be cool bummer but Uh what can you do I know you mostly do stage stuff, but is there anywhere anyone can check out any of your work? I feel like I have, maybe I'll have to post them to YouTube. I feel like I have material that I could put up. I'm going to start putting stuff on YouTube anyways for my classes. So I think if you just look at my name, Olivia Cridal, you'll be able to find it. Um, I have to make a website too. So much stuff to do. (laughs) It's wild. Um, All right, Olivia. Well, thank you so much. Of course. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I would love to have you on again and talk about uh, some uh, acting. In a yeah, movie I would love in the to. Future. All right. Well, have a good day. Thank you. You too. And there you have it. Thank you so much to Olivia for joining me today. I had a great time discussing the movie with you. And thank you for checking out the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope you can join us for Johnny Toe's Drug War, due by April 4th at noon. By the way, the episode that Olivia was referring to of Documentary Now is called The Globesman in Season 2, if you want to check that out after this movie. Thank you again to At The Work Of Re for the picture and our profile. Hope everyone's staying healthy out there. Please stay safe, stay home, and I'll talk to you later.